Welcome to the Marketing Plan Podcast, where you'll find expert marketing advice for business owners and marketers who want real results. We bring you industry experts to give you advice on how to create more buzz around your brand. So buckle up and turn up the volume, because here comes our host, Sherry Benelli. We're going to take on the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the the Marketing Plan Podcast. I am excited today to have Taylor Welch here. Hey, Taylor, how are you? I'm amazing. Good to be here. Thanks for coming. Now, Taylor is amazing. I have been following Taylor and his company for a long time. And every time you hear Taylor talk, you get excited about your business. You get inspired. So I am so thankful he is here today. Taylor Welch is the CEO of Traffic and Funnels. He is the author of three best-selling books. He's an international speaker, entrepreneur, and creator of the number one rated sales training program with thousands of clients that he's trained globally, the sales mentor. Taylor has advised and serviced nearly 50,000 clients and individual businesses worldwide. And he's taken his real estate investment company, Wealth Cap Holdings, from zero to eight figures in the lightning speed. So I'd like to thank Taylor for being here today. And today we're going to kind of talk about how to motivate your team and grow your income from, you know, income that you have to work for into passive income. So Taylor, how do you, how do you get started doing that? That's such a great, broad, open-ended question. Yeah. I think, I think for when it comes down to team members, what we've tried to do is really figure out what people are passionate about doing and see how we can pop them into the businesses and let them go. There's old school and new school and old school is very much so like, here's the job that we need done and uh, here's what we're going to pay you. And can you come do the job? And the new school approach is, you know, I have this, these, I have a call right after this podcast with the guy, the same exact thing. It's like, what are you most passionate about? Because where people are most passionate about, they typically perform the best. Um, and, you know, motivation is a complicated thing. Like we have 150, 160 staff. Now we have five or six different brands and there's people all over the place all the time. There's on, honestly, there's days where I walk into the, the offices here in Nashville and I don't know who somebody is, which is awesome. I remember the first time that happened, it was the weirdest feeling ever. (laughs) Um, But it's really about, I hate to beat a dead horse here, but it's about culture. And it's about making sure the culture that people walk into is empowering and life-giving and inspiring and exciting. And it lines up with with what people are, are, they would be doing whether they were getting paid to do it or not. When you can line that up, you get superpower. Like you get people who would do anything for the brand and anything for the enterprise. So it's probably just a longer conversation. It's not a one, I don't have a marketing answer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I, when you were talking at, on the intro, I was like, man, it's such a marketing intro that, that the team has written. Probably going to rewrite that at some point and be like, <laughs> it's like, here's Taylor Welch, look him up online. You know, it's like making, going the antithesis almost. Um, but yeah, I think we could talk about whatever facet of team building that you want to talk about and just kind of take me into the weeds wherever you want to go. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as you talked about finding passion. So, I mean, when you're hiring somebody, for instance, how do you know that someone's not just saying what they, what you, what you think they think you want to hear to get them to hire you? I mean, cause it's easy for someone during an interview, let's say to like, just feed you a line. How do you know they're really passionate about what the job they're applying for? I mean, that's a real challenge yeah. I think, for most people. It, it, you got to know what your personality is and what your skill is. So, like, if you got somebody who's um, pretty intuitive 
And I, I randomly will post about this online and it'll be like, if you're an intuitive person, you're feeling this and people will be like, oh my gosh, like how I am intuitive and this is exactly what I'm feeling. It's like, I'm an intuitive person. I feel the world happening. Um, I don't just see it. I wake up and I feel it. And uh, if you're an intuitive person, you need to lean into that. And you can usually tell, like you can tell when somebody's got fire in their eyes versus when they're just really good at selling or not in like their an, head. Yeah, and exactly. Yes, I agree with you, Taylor. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and then you've got like your really analytical people and that's like, they need to lean into that. I think the best method is uh, probably top grading. If you've ever heard of that top grading is like really how, how to take uh, the job process. And, you know, you've got a bunch of people at the top, you ask them certain questions and you move them down a level and you ask them certain questions, you move them down a level. And uh, we, what we did is we built a hiring firm inside of one of our businesses. Cause we, we, me and Chris, Chris, my business partner, we're like, we don't, in, we don't enjoy interviews. We're not, we're not particularly good at it. Um, and we ended up pulling somebody in the team who was really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. And so we built a, like a staffing firm around him so that they can just staff all of our firms. Wow. All the time. So, um, I mean, at, at one point over the summer, this is 2021, we had like 27 open job positions. There's no way that we could have like fulfilled all of that, mm-hmm. um, without having a staffing firm. And it, if you're really good at the business world, like you hear that there's 27 open positions and you know that there's one of two things happening. Either the culture is horrible and you're having to backfill everyone all Turnover, the time or right. exactly. That's usually the sign. Like if somebody has a lot of open positions all the time, it's not good. Um, but the, the month is September right now. And we have three new business brands that are brand new that didn't exist in April. So for us, it's not a culture thing. It's a Oh, we're Bro. staffing brand new business businesses. And, you know, there's no way that we can tap our current team to do new initiatives. And so we're help, we're healthy now. Like we only have like two or three open positions, which is amazing. Uh, but that all comes down to top the top grading philosophy and having people inside of the, the firm that their one job is staffing. Like it's really difficult when you're starting out because people's job is everything. Like they wear every hat. Mm-hmm. So that's like how you burn out in 30 seconds, you know? So the hardest part for us in building a team was getting past that hurdle, whereas we could give someone one responsibility and was only talent acquisition, nothing else. And if you're not at that place, you just got to find the right rhythm that works for you and systematize it as best you can. Right. So when you get that team going, you talked a little bit about culture and how it's all about the culture. I mean, we hear that all the time and it kind of sounds cliche to a point yeah, right now. It does. So what does that mean to you? And how do you create that culture in your organization? Because like I said, every time I watch one of your videos, I've I've purchased several of your programs and you always inspire me. And I always learn something every time I listen to you. How do you create that culture within your organization? And what does that mean to you? Well, let me hit the first, the, let me hit the second question first. Like, what does it mean to me? And then I'll, I'll talk about sort of things we've done to build it. Um, When you walk into a room, this is like intuitive talk right now. Like, that you're going to see me just go back to that. Cause it's just like knowing who you're talking to is really important. But for me, like when I walk into a room, I either feel bigger because I'm, I'm in the presence of the people that I'm in the presence of, or I feel weaker or smaller. Um, or the third option is nothing really changes. It's just kind of like, I don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. And so a good culture, you need to walk into a good culture and you feel like I can do anything. You feel bigger, you feel more excited, you feel more energetic and you feel like um, you can do anything. You know, that to me is the definition really of a great culture. Um, Got it. Uh, it's I know the that feeling. Yeah. 
it's all the intangibles. Like process is great and systems are great. And we have all of those things and they're really important. But if you double down on process and you don't have good culture, then you'll lose people. So really, how do you build that? It starts with making sure that um, there can be a bigger vision inside of the organization than profit, revenue, and P&Ls. People don't get inspired by that as much anymore. Um, You know, for if you read like all of the, like Jim Collins is great to read on culture. If you read a lot of Jim Collins books, he talks about, you know, there's a difference between uh, Merck and Co and Pfizer and how they handled their business in the eighties. One was profit at all costs. And the other was, you know, people first, profit second. And you can tell the long-term trajectory of an organization based on what they prioritize above everything else. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's like, we want to make sure that people understand that we're in this business for people. That's it. If we're not helping people, it's a waste. Pack up, go home, find something else to do. And our real estate offices, which are next door um, from where I am right now, I went in on Tuesday, we had a meeting and it was like, you know, we needed to reset some things because the organization had become spastic. Like we were like trying to hit all these targets way too fast. And so one of the things that I did is we got everybody on, on, in the conference room, we sat down, it's like, we do three things. That's it. The only thing we do in this organization is three things. We create wealth for our team, our clients, in our vendors. That's it. And everybody's like repeated it and wrote it down. It's like, mm-hmm. you can feel collectively like, like it's all going to be okay. You know, like we only do three things and it's not about us. It's about other people. Well, like you just, you better believe like people walked out of the room with like a little bit of pep, like a little bit of pep in their stuff. They're like, I can tackle it. Like I'm going to work late tonight. I'm going to work early tomorrow. Like it doesn't matter. I'm going to figure it out because I know that we create wealth for our team, our vendors and our clients. And that's the only thing that matters. And that's what I'm here for. And they get excited about that. That's culture. That's how you build culture. And then the second subset of that is making sure people are in the right seats because you can get somebody on the right bus, but if they're miscast in the seat, they will get really frustrated and really sad and really burned out. And that's not great. And so what are people uniquely gifted to do and how do we line them up with making sure that their responsibilities are perfectly aligned with their proficiencies? And that's a beautiful thing to watch. So have you ever had to move people around? Like you found all the time. Okay. So you found like the right person. They just might not be in the right spot all the time. And sometimes it's not even the, Sometimes it's not the business owner's mistake. Sometimes it's a growth. It's a byproduct of growth. True. You know, sometimes you put somebody in a spot and it's great, but that person grows out of that spot or the business grows really quickly. And that person is now not really suited well for the new spot, you know, like the new, what it requires of them. And so, um, uh, yeah, you got to be fluid and agile. And as long as you're not changing too many things too quickly, because that'll create burnout in people too. You've got to be comfortable with people doing different things. And sometimes that even means to keep a good culture, you have to let people grow out of the organization. And how do you, how do you manage that? Like that's mm-hmm. a different conversation, but we have people growing out of the organization all the time. And it doesn't mean that our culture is bad. It means that our culture is empowering people to grow personally and professionally. And sometimes people realize, Hey, I want to do something different. It's like, right. cool, have fun. So let me ask you a question. You are just, I'm continue. I always continue to be amazed by you. Who do you follow either in the marketing or sales world? Like 
who are your mentors or who are the people who inspire you? Like, I know Grant Cardone is, is bigger than life and some people either love him or don't love him, but who do you follow? I mean, who do you look up to in the business world? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't have anybody in the marketing or sales world anymore. Ray Dalio and um, yeah, Kevin Rose and people in, and if you, if you hop onto Twitter, like to me, that's where the excitement is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause all of the front runners are on Twitter. Okay. Um, web 3.0 is super exciting to me. Um, there's all of the crypto space and there's really, really, really amazing people that are running great businesses. But my, my thing right now is uh, the books that I read and the people that I study, you know, I'm going to replicate them and I want to model them. And um, you know, I don't have anything I don't even know Grant Cardone, but I do not want to model him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, he's running an amazing organization at you know, 2 billion assets under management. I'm not interested in assets under management. I mm-hmm. want to own the assets. Right. And so um, there's like in, in his place, he's going to like Cardone's going to, he's going to roll up $3 billion in assets and sell it for $6 billion. It's going to be, I, his, his path is good and his strategy is correct. Um, but it's really important for me to know like, how long do I want to be playing the game? Where do I want to be playing the game? And I'm probably moving more and more towards like the tech slash crypto space, like alternative finance, like all of those things. And so I want, I, I've got a list of people on Twitter. Um, I'd have to go get them because Twitter is unique in that their names are not always the same like real names. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I follow some people that I don't even know what their name is because it's spelled with like an Ethereum sign in the middle of it. And I don't know who they are, but um, the web, the web 3.0 space is where I'm going to be the next three or four years. Uh, and so I'm following people with really big reach and people in the political space uh, as well, because I'm okay. sort of navigating that direction also. There That's the pro- it's the worst answer that I could possibly give to that, but okay. it's truth. Yeah, that's okay. Taylor Wills for president 2024. There you go. No, no, not that quick. Not that quick. <laughs> so tell me about your growth story, because I mean, you did you start out as a copywriter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I before that, I started out as a worship leader. I was on staff at a church in Memphis. Okay. Tennessee. And so well, how, how is Tennessee? I used to live in Jackson, Tennessee, but was that was not the best place to live. But how, us Memphis- middle Tennessee and East Tennessee is where you want to be. Yeah, so we're, both we're, Memphis and Jackson are too far west. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's great. It's amazing. Um, it's beautiful. Like, where where do you live now? Uh, I not where I want to live. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We're we're gonna okay. we're thinking about moving to Nashville eventually. Yeah, Nashville's unbelievable. Um, and people often compare it to Austin, uh, which to me is an unfair comparison <laughs> because uh, Nashville is green and Austin is brown. Yeah. Um, and all the Austin people are going to start hating on me so That's bad right. right now. That's but all it's, right. The Nashville people city. will love you. They'll love me. It's a great, I, I would recommend it. I also, we have a, a pretty sizable amount of team in Charlotte. Charlotte's a great spot too. Nice. Very pretty. In I want to, I want to go anywhere where there's not like 10 feet of snow in the middle of winter. That's where. Um... Oh yeah. Well, both places are great. Um, So yeah, I was on staff at a church in Memphis and my wife, Lindsay was an entrepreneur. I had never heard of entrepreneurship. Uh, it wasn't cool when I was growing up. What did she, and what did she do? She was, she owned a hair salon. So she's a stylist and love it. Um, had tons and tons of clients was very successful. And I was kind of like, you know, when we were dating, I was, I was noticing that she could do whatever she wanted to do. And she made a lot of money. And I was just like a server at a restaurant mm-hmm. trying to get a job at a church. And I was like, you know, maybe this could 
you know, this could be something that I could do in the future, but it never crossed my mind. Like I, I love the stories of the entrepreneurs who are like, yeah, I was selling lemonade when I was nine years old. I'm like, dude, that's fascinating. I wish I could have been that, but I wasn't that kid. Right. Um, so I got the job on staff at, uh, at the church in Memphis. We got married, she relocated and she had to start her salon over. And so we didn't have any money. Um, and one day randomly, I was just like, uh, I think I could potentially help her. And there's a, we can go deep into this story, but it's recorded all over elsewhere as well. So you just tell me how deep you want to go. But I was like, I think I could help her get clients. And that was my first like stumbling into the mm-hmm. marketing world. Um, and it works. Like I, I bought a couple books. I taught myself how to like write copy and send out some direct mail letters. That was our first marketing campaign was direct mail. And uh, yeah, it worked and it worked for her. And I started getting other clients as well. And slowly just transitioned to a place where my income was equal to what I was making at my job. And I just quit at that point. And isn't, it, isn't it funny how, cause that, that's basically how I got started. The first book I think I read was multiple streams of income. And I can't remember who the author was, but it's funny how entrepreneurs teach themselves and that yeah. that's how you get started with anything. Yep. And I think that's most inspiring. Um, I find that most entrepreneurs get started because they kind of fall into it in some way, shape yeah. or form. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, um, what are some of the principles you follow now that you're, now that you're way successful and you've grown so much, what are some of the principles you follow or what would you suggest if someone was starting a business or trying to grow a business, like take that next step from here's where we're at now, but we want to grow what, what some principles or what would you make as far as recommendations or strategies? Yeah. I would have to ask some questions to really nail that down um, okay. because it depends on it's, it depends so heavily on like, are you talking about in the marketing space, you know? Um, just, well, maybe some marketing suggestions you would make to help them grow their business. That, that'd be a great perfect. idea. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. This is, you got like reel me into that, that one industry. Like i I see this happening over and over where people will build things that they think the world should want, but the world doesn't yet want. Mm-hmm. And it wastes a lot of time. Yep. Um, when you study like tra- traditional marketing, which there's a lot changing right now in the marketing world. Um, and by a lot, I mean everything, like everything yeah. is changing right now at the same time. Uh, but when you study traditional marketing, the thing that they got right, I mean like old school marketing, like the, the original gangster copywriters that like created direct response, the, the thing they got right was you don't create hunger for something. You find what hunger already exists and you solve the problem for that crowd. And I see a lot of people today who are like, you know, yeah, I'm really passionate about this thing. And so they'll build it and they don't validate it. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to scale something they've never validated and they run out of money. You know, with, with me and Chris, everything we build is really like validated by the market first. Like case in point is market movers. There's been no advertising, no paid. There's no sales page. There's nothing for market movers. And there's several thousand subscribers paying us. It's the market wants it. And so it's, it's, it, they're going to find it and people are sharing it. And so, you know, when you get to a place where you can start looking at, okay, I think this could be powerful, but I don't want to invest any resources or any time until I prove it. Um, And that becomes your modus operandi. Then you're able to really build things that are, that people love and that are great. And then they scale because you're not wasting a bunch of bandwidth and in opportunity cost, building things that it's like, you know, you wanted this, the market didn't want it. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I find the same thing. I find that sometimes people get in such a narrow niche that yeah. you think, oh my God, do does, is there even a big enough market for them to even sell a few of these things? And so that that's where I find it really difficult. So as an entrepreneur, I know this is kind of taking it a little different direction. I know I'm exhausted all the time. So I don't know about you. You seem to have like a ton of energy. I want to drink whatever you're drinking or take whatever pills you're popping or whatever. Um, how, how, do you, how do you manage your energy? And how do you, um, how do you keep going? I mean, if, for entrepreneurs, I know we tend to work a lot. What, what recommendations do you have and how do you keep going? Because I know I work a lot of hours. I get exhausted. Sometimes I get frustrated. How do you, how do you manage that? And, or are you to the point where you just offload everything and you don't have to worry about it? I mean, how, how do you manage that type of stuff or how did you manage it when you were growing your businesses? I'm definitely not to the point where I offload everything. Like there are, there are so many brands that are being created right now that it's, you know, I can get 90% of them to where I don't have to do anything, but the 10% will still burn me up. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that it comes down to an ex like part of its expectation. You know, I don't like I'm tired right now. <laughs> Me too. I want to take a nap. <laughs> Maybe we should just take, push take, pause, a five take a 30 minute, five minute, 30 minute, whatever. I but here's the idea. thing. Like the, the, the reality of the situation is like, we have a lot of people online who are just straight up lying, lying, like they're liars. And they're like, yo, I feel this. I think this. And it's like, they're recording videos and publishing videos. It's like, I know I've met most of them. All the influencers, like I know them. I've seen them. I've seen their teams. And I can tell you right now, like they do not feel that way all the time. And mm -hmm. I think that this is a bit, it's a tragedy of today's day and age with, with social media being used improperly that people are puffing up and like pretending when at the end of the day, it's like, sometimes like it's hard. Like this stuff is just hard. Um, this week in particular, I'm so glad you asked this question because I'll be honest in the answer. Cause I have no, I don't care what you think about me or what anyone else thinks about me. I'll just tell you the truth. Um, I've ascended past needing people to think like, oh, Taylor's amazing. I don't care. doesn't matter. I'm amazing whether you think so or not. I need zero approval. This week has been really difficult, really difficult. And I got into the week on Monday, like 7.30. I was in two days of meetings, fixing fires in one of the organizations. So first and foremost, the answer to that question is how do you deal with your energy? You just understand that energy goes down sometimes. It's okay. Like the problem is not that entrepreneurs run out of energy. It's that they somehow think they should not run out of energy. True. Like, where'd they get that idea? You know what uh, I mean? Like it's, is it, I think it's a perfectionist thing. It's gotta be. Cause here's, let me, let me ask you this. Like you're working out, you're, you're doing really good physically in the gym and you have a really hard workout. And then you're like, man, why am I so tired? Like, how do you just never run out of energy? It's like, that's, that's a crazy question. Yeah. Like, of course you're tired. Like what, look what you just did. And it's good. Go to sleep. Right. Right. You know, right. Yeah. It's the same thing with entrepreneurship. It's like, look at your week, look at your month. And a lot of people, they're like perpetually in this place where it's like grinding, grinding, burnout, burnout. It's like a one week vacation is not going to fix you. You have to learn how to really get uh, the rhythm and the cadence down. So some tips practically for like what I do that works for me is um, I, I call it micro macro. I have micro cadences and macro cadences. And on the micro is like week to week. How do I protect my energy week to week, day to day right now? Like today's Thursday that we're recording mm -hmm. tomorrow's Friday. I will not be in the office tomorrow. 
Okay. I won't be working tomorrow. I won't be working Saturday or Sunday. Okay. And I'll come Not in at Monday. All. Like you won't nothing. check email. I'm going to disconnect. I don't look at email anyways. Gabe, I have somebody okay. that looks at, at an email for me. So in that regards, I'm offloading pretty well. Um, but I won't work unless I feel like working. Okay. If I wake up Saturday morning, I feel amazing. And I want to do a little bit of writing. I'll do it. Because sometimes it's actually more energy to not do something than it is to just go with the flow. This is true. So like life is a river. Sometimes you just got to follow the river. And, and when you do things because you feel like you have to, you're in trouble. That's going to tank your energy. But mm-hmm. my plan, my plan is to not work the next three days. Got it. We'll see what happens. That's a micro. Like I need a break. So I'm going to take a break. On a macro level, you know that you're, you're in, in need of like a cleansing almost. Have you ever done a juice cleanse or anything like that? Mm, no. Okay. You should. That's good for I your should. body. Um, but like a juice cleanse every six weeks, every 12 weeks, like it just depends on where you're at. It's like cleans your body out. It's, it's not enough to just not eat for a day. Like somebody, some people do fasting once a mm-hmm. week. You need a couple of days of just like completely resetting. So the same thing happens with me for my energy where it's like probably every 12 weeks, um, I'm going to burn out if I don't take at least a week off. Okay. And I think that when you look at a lot of the people who don't do this, I'm not going to say any names. Just like, think about the people who don't do it. They might, they might be successful for a while, but the, the reality of the situation is they're building up a deficit. It's like the national debt. Yeah. The debt ceiling It's like the deficit builds up on another deficit and more deficit and more deficit. You gotta be really careful because over the long haul of a person's life, you'll die too soon. You won't be present enough for the moments that you need to be present for. And ultimately you won't achieve what you're called to achieve because you ran out of energy. And so sometimes it's very counterintuitive, but the most strategic thing you can do is do nothing for seven days. And that'll reset you. And you'll be amazed at like the power you have when you come back into the cadence and the grind. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, that's really hard because I know when I started, I got started in the e-commerce world in 98 and I actually won a trip to Hawaii and I had to give it to my nephew because there's no way I could take seven days off because pregnant women were wanting the pregnancy stuff we were selling. So it's like, I didn't take vacation for like 10, 15 years because I was running this e-commerce store and it was tough. And so it it does, it really wears on you when you don't take a break. So totally understand it. Absolutely. Um, so Taylor, we're kind of getting running, running low on a little bit of time here. So you were talking about market movers. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I'm kind of curious as to what that is. Yeah. So 2020 happened, COVID happened. And, uh, I think a lot of us got into politics for the very first time. Um, we're like, well, I have to, cause I'm locked inside of my house <laughs> and I don't know what's going on. So, um, you know, for me, if, if you look at my personality, like I'm, I'm still copywriter personality. I'm a researcher, I'm a reader. And so I was, I went deep into it. I was, I was like, what is going on? Um, but then around like the end of 2020, it was just exhausting. And I was, I couldn't keep up and I didn't want to read the news and I didn't want to keep like listening to podcasts on the news and figure out like, where are we at with politics and like taxation and all this. But I noticed that when I, when I stopped, I felt like I was lacking a bit of information and context. And mm-hmm. so I run an organization that, um, you know, we, we have a real estate fund and we buy millions of dollars in real estate every month. I was like, I need to know some of this stuff so I don't get us into like a, a, a negative situation. And so I built a team that is currently reading the news for me. And uh, we have some AI, we have some people and like if it hits the internet, we read it 
and we consume it and then we digest it. And so we put it into a format that is four minutes a day. You can pretty much get the state of everything that's happening in, nice. in the world of investment and real estate and Wall Street and things that move the markets, so to speak. So it's not like what shoes was, was President Biden wearing. <laughs> I don't care about that. You know, that's not going to make me any money or cost me money. But, you know, the capital gains tax is going to cost me money. And so I need to know about that. And right. so I've, I had that in a digest like a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so we built this and, and people started asking about it, which is why I was like, okay, well, I think there's a market for this. So let's maybe publish it. And so uh, it's now on marketmoversdaily.com and it's totally free. You can sign up for it to get two digests per week on Sunday evening and Wednesday morning. So the, the idea there is Start your week kind of with the intelligence that you need to make great decisions. And then a midweek checkup just because things happen during the week that we need to know about. Um, and so, yeah, people can sign up marketmoversdaily.com. There's also a premium version of it. So if you uh, if you want to like get Intel every day and if you want to get it delivered in an audio format, so you listen to it while you're driving or at the gym, then it's like 10 bucks a month or something nice. silly. Um, nice. So it goes from two digests a day to six digest or two, two a week to six a week. And then you also get the audio component. Um, and it's awesome. People are like loving it because it's, it solves a real problem. It's like, I need to know this stuff, but I don't have the time to read through you know, a thousand articles a day. Well, we will definitely put that in the show notes so that people can go ahead and go visit that site and check it out because that sounds awesome. That sounds like everyone needs a fast track to that information. And it sounds like you yep. guys are doing all the hard work. So that's awesome. Yep. And then how can people reach you? What's the best way to reach you in case they want to find out more about your business or, or you in general? The best link to go to is uh, Taylor A. Welch, com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. Yeah, there's like tons of stuff, um, you know, like we're, we're constantly updating that page so that there's, you know, uh, uh, access to new content, new podcasts, new YouTube content, businesses. So everything's kind of on that page that people can go to and look all of my podcasts, all of my businesses, and then all of our social media as well. So I'm on Twitter very actively and a couple other places. Well, and, and speaking of podcasts, why don't you tell us about your, um, your daily mind medicine podcast real quick. So that's just a daily podcast. It's like three or four minutes. Um, and it is basically how I think about all things, life, business. Do you listen to it? No, I I'm going to, I just found out about it today, but I'm going to start listening to it. If it's, if it's short like and it. sweet, I would love to listen to it. So I will definitely subscribe to it. Well, are there yeah. are any other things you'd like to mention real quick that you think our listeners would be interested to hear? No, I think it's great. Perfect. Great. Well, we wanted to thank you, Taylor, for joining us today. Very informative, lots of great information. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you. All right. Great. Thank you so much.